Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high achieving, goal oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 261, Dry January Class with me. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Okay, so last week I did a dry January live class and over 300 people came live. (laughs) I mean, it was a big deal. I've never had that many people on live in one webinar on Zoom. It was amazing. So if you came to that, thank you for your engagement and for your attention and for being open. And the class was just really, really good. And I wanted everybody to have access to it. So here it is on the podcast. And um, I just really recommend that you brew a cup of tea, sit down with a journal and take notes, pause it when you need to, if I ask you questions or ask you to reflect on something and then actually do what I'm telling you to do. Because the people who do that, doesn't matter what kind of relationship you have with alcohol right now, whether you are trying to be um, somebody who doesn't drink at all, whether you're trying to just cut back, whatever your goals are, and it doesn't really matter how much you drink, you can use these six steps that I outline in this class that will help you. There's six coaching tools that I taught you in this class and everybody could benefit from them. So I hope you enjoy it. I would love to hear from you if you tried some of these things and they work for you. And if you're in a live AF, you have access to the actual webinar that, um, I taught and you can see me on camera, you can see the slides and it's very, very good. So go watch that in a live AF if you haven't or plug in your ears and enjoy on the go or out for a walk or one morning or one evening when you are trying not to drink. Plug this in and enjoy my friends. Welcome to Dry January. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Here's a little bit about me. If you don't know my story, I used to be somebody who overdrank heavily for most of my adult life. It really started off in college, partying on the weekends with my friends. You know, my thoughts around alcohol, I didn't really, I wasn't paying attention to my thoughts around alcohol back then. I just like to drink. I like to party. I like to be social. I definitely thought, I remember thinking, you know, I, I'm cooler because I drink. And I think people liked me more when I would be fun and silly and drunk and things like that. Well, then, you know, I graduated college and grew up a little bit and got a well-paying job in pharmaceutical sales. And I had to entertain clients and travel and I had money now and expense accounts. And, you know, I was whining and dining. And so my sophistication around alcohol went up. And I got into alcohol and wine and food and all of these things. And then I met my husband, got married. We actually got married in a winery. This is a picture of us on our wedding day. So it just, it like became more into our lifestyle. And as life progresses, I have three children back to back to back, went back to work full time, was drinking all through that, except when I was pregnant, of course. But with every new sort of stressor in my life, or as my life got fuller and fuller, I definitely, my increase of my drinking 
increased. So I would use it on good days and bad days and when it was sunny outside and all of the different things. Definitely heavy drinking on the weekends. Um, During the week, I would try to not drink or try to cut back. But often, very often, I would stop off at the wine bar at a fancy restaurant and sit at the bar to de-stress after a long day and, and pull my friends in to come meet me there. Um, oftentimes I drank alone at the bar and I didn't have, I didn't think that that was a problem because I traveled so much um, with my previous jobs. Like it was normal for me to travel and like go sit at the bar and have a nice dinner and order a bottle of wine and all of that stuff. So it really kind of came to a head after I had my third kid, I had postpartum depression and was really using alcohol to manage how I was feeling. And I remember I was back to work and I was you know, I was noticing that I didn't like how much I was drinking and I was trying all these different things to cut back. And, you know, one Halloween night I had told my neighbor who was over that I didn't really want to drink tonight. I was trying not to drink. And I was like sitting in my kitchen, everybody else was drinking. and I was like white knuckling and it was so hard and I could barely breathe. And I was just like, you know, and I was just like so obsessed about it. And so we take the kids out trick-or-treating and I still hadn't drank at that point. And I was just like, you know what? fuck it. And I ran back into my house, poured some wine into a plastic cup and then went out and trick-or-treated with my kids. And that is very, very memorable for me because I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't know what was, what was like, I thought there was something wrong with me. I felt bad about drinking when I said I wasn't going to drink, even though I, you know, especially since I was just talking about it to my neighbor. And, you know, as soon as I had that first couple sips of that wine, it was like, now I can relax. Can you guys relate to that? Can you relate to not wanting to drink and then that white knuckly, like just urge that you can't manage and then giving into it? Yes. All of you guys, right? Yes. Yeah. It's just all of it, right? And so I just want you to know that what you're going to learn today is going to help you deal with that shit so much easier. You don't have to white knuckle. You don't have to avoid your family and friends. You don't have to, you know, avoid your colleagues or whatever it is. There's tools that are available that have been well-researched, well-applied. It's what I fix my own relationship with alcohol and what I, I'm going on six, my sixth year, sixth year of not drinking now. And that was never my goal. I started my journey with dry January. And I just wanted to take a break from it and to get away from it. I also overate for my whole life. And so I was always struggling with being on some diet or another. So I wanted to just remove that stuff and give myself a chance to actually fix what was happening on the inside and give myself an opportunity. And it started with dry January. And it was never my goal to quit. It was my goal to just cut back. Okay. So if that's you, you're in the right place. So this is what my life looks now. That was back then. Let me just go back to the picture. You know, got married in winery, ungrouching myself with a glass of wine after work, highly, you know, partying in Vegas. This picture of this giant martini. Okay, I was definitely the ringleader along amongst my friends. And I really thought people that didn't drink were boring and sticks in the mud and I would avoid them at all costs. And I'm not joking. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't friends with people that didn't drink. It just, it just wasn't, it didn't occur to me that that could be fun. So if you are here and you believe that not drinking could be boring, it's okay, but I just want to plant to see that you could be wrong about that, okay? This is what my life looks like now, so much brighter, right? Like I travel, I, I lead sober retreats, I do interesting, fun, challenging, adventuring things. This, this picture on the right is freaking glacier 
ice climbing with one of my coach friends that I met in the online world in Alaska. Okay. This is me riding a camel in the desert in Morocco. None of these things was even on my vision board as an, like an opportunity when I was still stuck in that overdrinking cycle. Okay. So there's just so much more out there than you are probably currently thinking. This is what I like to think about. Like right now, this is your scope of vision. It's very small in what you think is possible for yourself if you're stuck in this overdrinking cycle. But I want you to imagine you opening up your lens to a much bigger, brighter, more adventure-filled life when you decide to actually do the work that I'm talking about in this class and expand your thinking and expand your horizons on what is possible, okay? If I can do it, so can you, I promise. Okay. So today I'm gonna give you six coaching tools, okay? That's gonna help you drink less or not at all for dry January. I'm gonna help you identify why you overdrink and how to make changes that last. You're gonna learn strategies that are gonna help you in unexpected situations, how to handle urges and how to have fun with alcohol, without alcohol. And I'm gonna help engage and answer your questions in real time, okay? And if you're watching this on the replay, it's all good. You can pause, fast forward, put me on 1.5, same content is covered. Okay, so I just wanna, before we get into the meat of this, what this is not, if you experience tremors, shakes, sweats, or you, or you feel physically ill without alcohol, please do not participate unless you are under a doctor's supervision or have gotten medical clearance to take a break. If you are unsure whether this applies to your situation, please talk to your doctor about it. I don't provide medical diagnosis, advice, or alcohol or drug addiction or substance abuse treatment, detox, or recovery services. Okay, so if you want more information on that, you can go um, to my website, angelomasenic.com, Terms of Use. I'm a certified life coach. I help you more in your mindset, how to process your feelings, but I'm not a medical professional, okay? And I and I can't advise if I think you should do one thing or another. If this resonates with you and you're worried about it, please talk to your doctor. I also wanna invite you to stick around to the whole webinar because at the end, I'm gonna be telling you how you can work with me for a really awesome in-person experience. And for those of you that watch live or watch the replay within the next 24 hours, there's a really awesome high value bonus that's available for you. All right, so is this you, if you feel frustrated that you start things and don't finish them, like drinking less or losing weight, you read books, you listen to podcasts, you try taking breaks from alcohol, but it never lasts. You've had success in other areas of your life, but feel like this is the one you can't get a hold of. You can take a couple days off without drinking or maybe even longer breaks, but you keep falling back into the same cycle. You don't have a lot of confidence in yourself that you will be successful this time either. So if you resonate with this, you're definitely in the right place and I've got you. Okay, so this is very important for you to pay attention. So come back to me, stop looking at the chat for a second, okay? I really want you to understand why you're over drinking in the first place. And this applies to 95 to 99% of my clients. We overdrink because we are seeking to feel an emotion that we currently don't feel in the moment that we want to drink. So we're seeking something, right? We're looking to feel something different when we decide to make that decision to drink. So we're, we're seeking relaxation, to unwind, to distress, to take the edge off the anxiety, to feel joy, to amplify celebratory times. 
And we unconsciously believe that alcohol is the answer to that, to make it more fun or to feel less stressed, okay? And everything in between. And so a lot of times people think it's just a habit. Well, that habit was formed because of this, right? And so now you have a well-ingrained habit right? Our brains are easily addicted to things, not just alcohol, right? And it and it's actually a feature that helps us survive. We don't want to have to think through every single decision that we make throughout the day. We would be exhausted and not super productive if we had to do that. So your brain is actually designed to get programmed, all right? This is not a fault of anybody. It's just the way it is, okay? And so back in the day, for me, like in my example, when I was drinking in college, I was teaching myself that I needed alcohol to have more fun. I was using it to amplify those feelings, right? I was also using it to have some sort of connection with people that I wasn't super confident in myself without that. So I needed the alcohol. I did not know this at the time. This was unconscious. I needed that alcohol to help me be more comfortable because I wasn't comfortable in social situations. Make sense? So I wasn't feeling comfortable in social situations around people I didn't know. So I used alcohol to feel more comfortable, right? So in that moment, when I decided to drink, then your brain's like, ooh, we like this, right? Let's get more of that. I'm going to motivate you to go do that again. That worked, right? And then the process starts and then it becomes a habit when you keep repeating it over and over and over again, okay? You're just not, you just don't have a habit. It was formed because you're using it as some sort of emotional tool to help you deal with something. And when you take a break from dry in dry January, if that's what you've decided to do, you get an opportunity to understand that more. When you're in the drinking cycle, it's hard to see that because you're numbing your feelings. Make sense? The reason why it's hard to cut back is because like I was mentioning in my opening story about that, that white knuckle energy, that desire I had, that chatter in my mind, we don't know how to handle that. Nobody has ever taught us how to handle that unless you've been working with me or in one of my programs, right? Or now you're learning this in this class, but we don't know how to handle that white knuckle energy. So we give in and we make our neural pathway for alcohol stronger and stronger and stronger. And so over time, our desire for alcohol is really high. So that's probably where most of you are right now. You have a strong desire for alcohol. But maybe 20 years ago, maybe you didn't because you weren't repeatedly drinking in those same scenarios, right? Can you you guys check in with the chat? How ha, do you feel like your, your desire for alcohol has increased maybe over the past 5, 10, or even just a few years, say from the start of COVID till now? Have you noticed an increase? Yeah, a big increase, right? So we know this is true. This is a learned behavior, okay? We're learning how to deal with shit and we're using alcohol to do it. And this is a good news because if we've learned how to do this, we can unlearn it through some of the ways I'm going to teach you today. Also, so that's why it's hard to come back. You've got a very strong desire for alcohol. You don't know how to deal with those urges and those and that chatter, right? And then you've been giving your, giving in because of that. And then there's a lot of stigmas and labels, around not drinking. We've got the mommy wine culture. I saw somebody mention in the chat, right? Like we're constantly being influenced by our media, our friends, our restaurant society, anywhere we go, anything we look at, there's people drinking. And so when we're trying to cut back, we're like, well, you know, I'm a grown ass woman. I should be able to drink. I take care of my shit. And then we just 
we get buy into it, right? So we keep doing it. There isn't a, a lot. There is so much more now. Sober Cures movement. I mean, dry January, right? There's so many, there's so much more things now than there used to be. Um, and it's being more socially acceptable. But even outside of dry January, it's still like a very big societal culture thing that we're hit with on the regular basis. And it makes us question our own desire to cut back. So we stay where we are. And we're also ashamed because there's a lot of labels put on people. If you say, I'm trying to work on my, on how much am I drinking? You know, we don't want to be monitored. We don't want to be called an alcoholic. We don't want people watching our behavior. So we tend to stay quiet and inside and don't share what is going on with us. And we don't get the help that we need. And then finally, it's hard to cut back because um, a lot of times we just say we're going to do something like a dry January. We're just going to go on a drink diet. And we're not actually fixing the underlying reasons to why we're drinking in the first place. And so it just, it's like a temporary, just not drinking. You're not fixing the reasons why you're drinking in the first place. Make sense? So I think you guys are already sharing um, your drinking story a little bit in the chat, but I just want to know, I kind of want to check in where you are. When did you notice a pattern of your over drinking? And then what is currently happening with your relationship with alcohol? And you know, if you want to add this, like what happens after you have an overdrink? Like what happens in your, for your mental state the next day? What do you do? Um, just give me a little check in here in the chat about what's going on with you and alcohol right now. In a toxic relationship, yep. You feel horrible, no motivation. Post overdrink, you have a shame spiral, yep. Kids in school age, can't have one drink. COVID, yep. Death, sister passed away. Yes, increased during COVID, no motivation the next day, increased anxiety, lots of family that drinks. You're bloated. You beat myself up because I can't just have one glass. Yeah, a lot of beating up, a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, eating bad food, to have spouses that drink. There's, I mean, that's very common as well. Yeah, so a lot of like big life changes. Your husband passed away, children left home, new job all at the same time. Yeah, diff current relationship, difficult to stop when I start. I feel terrible, guilty, and frustrated. I'm sorry, Stephanie. Yeah, like there's a lot of times there's a divorce or the kids leave for college or a parent dies or something big, big life event happens. And then we start noticing we're drinking more to deal with all of those feelings, right? And then even if you're not currently dealing with some of those painful things right now, you created that foundation when that was happening. So now you're, whenever your brain feels a little uncomfortable now, it's like, ding, 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 go get a glass of wine. Yeah. Thinking about it at the end of the day, stopping and picking some up. Yeah. So I hope you guys know that you're all in good company here. There's, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to learn some tools about how to actually deal with some of these things in your life instead of just using alcohol to cope, right? I mean, it's just learning how to be a human, learning how to deal with your range of emotions, right? And that's what life coaching, I, that's what I specifically help my clients do is learn how to feel those feelings and not be afraid of them and get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable sometimes like with urges and things like that. So there is hope. I promise you. And, you know, if life coaching isn't the right fit for you, I highly encourage you to find, a, you know, another support network or something like that, or a like-minded group of people to help you with that. Okay. So that's why we overdrink. It's usually because it's an emotional need that we're not super aware of. And it's easier just to go pour a glass of wine than to deal with it. 
And now we're going to be conscious of that going forward. And we're going to be like, okay, what is it that I really need here? And I'm going to get into more of that in the class. But the first dry January tool that I have for you is all about being intentional versus unintentional. Okay. I, I want you guys to write that down on your piece of paper right now. Intentional versus unintentional. Unintentional is when you make decisions around alcohol that are in response to how you feel or how you want to feel. Okay. To, so to feel relaxed, to take the edge off, to quiet your mind because you deserve it to not be boring. Okay. These are decisions that you make in the same day or in the same hour, right? It's just kind of, Ooh, a drink would be good right now. And then you go have a drink. It's usually because of how your day went or what you're doing socially, or if something went wrong or something unexpected happens, or you just had a random thought, like a drink would be great right now. This is unintentional. Intentional is when you make conscious and deliberate decisions around alcohol based on the relationship you want to have with it, okay? You think ahead to social situations, dinners, weekends, vacations, and you're mindful and thoughtful about what you want to do ahead of time, and you make a plan. That's being intentional, okay? And so we want to live in the intentional bucket. So circle that one on your paper, intentional. So with our intentions, I want to check in and help you guys decide right now, this is still tool number one, we're going to make your dry January intentions together. So I want to know in the chat if you're committed to going all month without alcohol, or are you committed to having a different goal with alcohol this month, or are you not sure what you want to do this month? Let me know what, which one of these are where you are in the chat. Totally committed, but worried about the weekend. All month equal dry January. Committed, committed, none all month. Oh, I really want to go. Not sure. Damp January. Committed, committed all month. What's E-T-O-H? Every, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Ooh, hoping to get through January and beyond. Aiming for a sober year. Yes, Olga. Not sure. Hope, hope to go all month. Not sure yet. Committed. Trying to do 30s, but feel weak all month. Drink less with intention. Not sure, not sure. Hoping for one week, only one drink all month. Dryish all month, different goal limited. Goal is dry January. Okay. Wow, you guys are so amazing. Thank you for all of your participation. So it sounds like a lot of you want to have a dry month and some of you want to have, like you're a mix, right? So if you, I want to start with if you're not sure. If you're not sure, can you, are you at least saying I want to drink less than what I have in December? <laughs> for all of you that aren't sure. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. So that you're sure on, you're clear on that, right? So I guess I'm guessing you all have an idea about how much you drink in December. Was it every day? Was it every weekend? You know what that is for you. Okay. So maybe just might make a note on your piece of paper that says about how much you were drinking in December. What does it feel like to have a 50% reduction. When I say a 50% reduction in January, what does that feel like to you? Doable, doable, realistic, good. Okay. So for those of you that fall into that bucket, write down, I want to have a 50% reduction in how much I'm drinking for January. So you've committed to that. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Okay. Now your brain's going to want to have chatter about it. Don't worry about that. Just be like, we'll deal with that in a second. Okay. So I want you to write 50% reduction for January. And if you already know what that other goal is, if it's not being dry all month, I want you to write that down. Okay. So some of you said, I'm just going to have one drink. 
um, whatever that is, write down that specific goal for yourself on your piece of paper. A win would be 75%. Great. And then if you are committed, but maybe you're scared or you feel weak, that's okay. I'm going to help you. All right. So take a deep breath. Everybody, let's take a big deep breath together. This, I, I, I really am a proponent of using your breath to ground to yourself, even putting your hands like I am on your chest to, to sort of remember that you're in a body and you're not just a head walking around. You actually have a body that you want to connect with. <laughs> this is part of feeling your feelings and processing urges. Everybody, put your hand on your chest, close your eyes, and take a big deep breath through your nose. And then exhale like a balloon, okay? Deflate the balloon, fill the balloon up. And then deflate the balloon. Notice that? And when you focus your mind on your breath like that, it, it stops just the thinking. Did you notice that? You, you weren't thinking about it so much, right? You were just focusing on... Filling up the balloon and then deflating the balloon and, and grounding with your touch on your hand. Okay. So I want you to do that whenever it feels like it's hard or overwhelming. Remember to breathe. That's all you have to do is come back to your breath. Now, what I want to help you do is get your mind into the right space about achieving what your intentions are for dry January. Leah, I need help not wanting a drink when somebody else in the house is drinking. So that is, the want isn't actually a problem, Leah. Okay, of course you're going to want it if you're not drinking it at the beginning because your brain has been programmed to want it. Okay, so it's okay that you want it. That I would expect you to want it. I can't help you with like eliminating that want right now until you get to regular not drinking. Okay. And then your desire will go away and you won't be so motivated for it. But at the beginning, you're going to have to expect to want it and, and tell yourself it's okay that I want it doesn't mean I have to drink it. So maybe you all write that down. It's okay that I want it. It doesn't mean I have to drink it. Okay, the want isn't a problem. I promise I'm going to get to that here in a second. So before I do, I'm going to talk specifically about how to handle the desire, but I want you guys to get make some preparations, okay? So what do you think you need to do to be successful? No matter what you have decided, drink 50% less or go completely alcohol-free, what do you think you need to do? Type it in the chat. <laughs> don't say, I don't know. You do have ideas. Plan ahead. Come up with other activities that don't run. Uh, revolve around drinking, stock your fridge, be conscious, replace with better habit, other activities. Yeah. But specifically what other activities, you know, don't let your brain say, I don't know. You guys are all very smart. You all got on a webinar today. You clicked a link, you came up. This might be the first time with me. You, you navigated some things. You do know, what do you think would be good for you? And notice what, what ideas come up in your mind and just like make a couple note of these. I've got some really awesome ideas here on this slide. Maybe screenshot this right now. So you have it and you can have, or take a picture of your phone. Like just take a picture of it like that with your phone and then you'll have it. Yep. Journal, herbal teas, don't have wine in the house, mocktails, treats. Yep. Meal prep. 
Find other ways to alleviate stress, anxiety, exercise, meditation, yoga, fun mocktails. Yes. See, you put alcohol away. Yeah, set yourself up for success. So if you don't have alcohol in the house, it's harder to get. Make heart, make it harder to get. That's setting yourself up for success. That's not being powerless around it. That's thinking ahead and deciding I'm going to remove all the obstacles that I need to remove so that I can be successful because it's important to me to follow through on my commitments this month. And so I'm going to remove the alcohol. Do it. I'm going to I'm going to get to a live AF Kelly. It's my um, Stop Over Drinking online membership that you'll be invited to join. So um, an Alive AF support kit, you guys probably got a couple emails about that. It's a, it's literally a box with a journal, a book, a non-alcoholic drink, herbal teas, some self-care items that I have personally put together based on the books and the journals and the drinks and the teas that I personally use. And it's a support kit that you can get and have on hand. Um, to help you have something else to do when, you know, you normally would be drinking. Um, stocking your fridge with fun, sparkling beverages, sharing your goals with family and friends, you know, watching this class and coming to the next one at the end of the month. You can join the Alive AF Step Over Drinking membership, schedule coaching through them up throughout the month, um, cancel things that you don't want to do. That's also really important in cutting back on alcohol is saying no to things that you don't need to be doing and you don't want to be doing just because you feel obligated to do something doesn't mean that you, you have to. And so on your journey to drink less alcohol, no matter what that looks like for you, you have to put yourself at the top of the list. So if you are running yourself ragged, all the time and you're never giving yourself breaks and you're da -da 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 -da. now I have to do this. And now I have to do this and all of that stuff. And you're feeling resentment around all the things that you're doing. Guess what you do when you feel resentment, you drink, right? You don't give yourself any breaks. You don't have any downtime. You're not giving yourself any pleasure throughout the day. And so it's easy for you just to go drink at the end of the day. So we got to really pay attention to that stuff and start to say no to things that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. You want to plan to move your body, drink, drink plenty of water, stay hydrated throughout the day, get good sleep, get your fridge stocked with food that you actually want to be eating. I know now at the beginning of the year, everybody wants to go on a diet and like not eat all the shitty food and that's fine, <laughs> but maybe there's like a next best thing you could do. Maybe some pre-made meals, um, some yummy things that you don't, that you'd like to eat instead of just like doing what everybody else does and just getting like grilled chicken and Caesar salads. You know, that's not super nourishing when you're tired and you're not drinking. Your body goes through a healing process and it needs nourishment. And I'm not saying chicken salad isn't nourishing. I love salads, but we also do look for comfort and it's okay too. So maybe some more hearty soups or, you know, pre-made foods that you don't have to do a lot of prep on. So think about that. If you tend to be somebody who starts a lot of diets and it wanes, you know, four months in, or four weeks into the year, and they feel very restrictive. Don't do that to yourself right now. Okay. The most important thing you can do is to nourish yourself, water yourself. Like think about a plant and our living, a living creature, right? Give it good nourishing food. Don't starve it, get good sleep, move it, hydrate it. So I hope you guys have some good ideas, but this is actually, I want, this is getting prepped, getting ready. So this is part of the taking big ass action. You need to do some of these things.
if you're just like, I'm just not going to drink and I hope that I don't over drink and you don't so get intentional about some of this, it's going to be hard because at the end of the day, your brain is going to go to where it always goes for that quick and easy comfort. And so you want to be prepared with other ways to finding comfort. And you've been taking care of yourself throughout the day. And when you take care of yourself throughout the day and you give yourself breaks and rest and you manage your mind and you feel your feelings and you drink your water and you're eating good food, you have a lot less urges. So if you really want to, if, if you really like are excited about not having urges, supporting how you treat yourself in your body and your mind throughout the day is going to help you have less urges at night. And I think I'm seeing a lot of stuff about evenings. The reason why you're having urges in the evenings is because you're overdoing during the day. You're not paying attention to yourself. Are you checking in? Are you asking yourself how you feel? What do you need? Are you giving, are you moving your body? Are you drinking enough water? Are you eating good food? Are you managing your stress? Most of you guys aren't doing that unless you've been working with me for a while. <laughs> okay. And so that's really, really important. Otherwise, it's going to be hard. If you don't change anything about your life, it's going to be hard to, to not drink because you have no other ways of dealing with shit. All right. So now we're going to talk about handling urges. This is dry January tip number three. So remember, number one was being intentional. Number two is getting prepared, making those preparations, planning what you're going to do, getting yourself all the support resources that you need. Number three is handling urges. Hi, Amy and Sherry. How's it going? Welcome. I just saw your names in there. I'm so glad you guys are here. Okay, we're going to talk about handling urges right now. Remember, we don't want to be scared of urges. They're nothing to be scared of if you do it this way. So you want to anticipate that you're going to have some urges. If you're drinking less, your brain is going to want you to just keep going with the same thing that you've always done. It's already been pre-programmed, remember? And so now this is the, the time to deprogram it. And we do that by anticipating that we're going to have urges at the times you normally would be drink and you're, you're going to welcome those in. That's literally what you want to think about. I'm like, I want to welcome these urges in because if I can process these urges, my desire for the alcohol goes down and it makes, it feels easy to not drink because you don't want it. That's the big goal. It's like, to just not want it, not to care about it so much. Right. And so we do that by processing urges. So you want to anticipate that you're going to have them and tell yourself it's okay. And then you want to bring that urge and desire into your conscious awareness. So when you notice yourself like walking towards the kitchen or thinking about stopping after work, you just want to pause and say, I recognize I'm having urges right now. And then you want to allow versus resist. Resist feels like... Oh my God. And you're staring up in your head, you're fighting with yourself and you're battling, you're coming with all the reasons why it would be okay. And all the reasons why it wouldn't, it zaps your energy. Okay. It's, it's, it's hard and painful. Allowing is like, Oh, I'm it's okay. I'm having an urge. And you work on opening up with your breath and where you feel that urge in your body. Okay. For those of you that know what this feel, what an urge feels like in your body, type in the chat what that feels like. Do you feel like a tightness in your throat? Are your shoulders all scrunched up? Is your heart rate going fast? Are you sweaty? What does it feel like? Chest weight, stomach ache, tightness, makes you feel annoyed, edgy, anxious, agitated. It's like everything's just like real tight and just you're not breathing deeply, right? heart pounding, tightness, cranky. Yeah. 
So you guys know that the vibration that you feel when you have those urges, right? So what you want to do is you want to locate wherever that is in your body and use your breath to open and expand that area. It's just like what athletes do with breathing or yoga or anything like that. It's like focus your breath on that area in your body. And then you just want to relax around it. Deflate that balloon. And if you focus your attention on your breath and going into that area in your body, you're not thinking about drinking. So it gives your mind a break from it. And it gives it something else to focus on. Okay? And it's anytime you take big, deep cleansing breaths, that's relaxing on itself. And it gives you a break from thinking about it. And that's how you process the urge. Okay? And you might have to go through that process a few times in a night. And the more you do it, You'll get, you'll develop a skill set around it and then it won't be a big deal. And then your husband will have a drink and you're like, who cares? He does him. I do me. He does him. I do me. Okay. And and you won't worry about it so much. Yeah. It feels good to not drink. (laughs) Promise you. (laughs) So we have to be willing to do this. We have to be willing to deal with urges. And if you manage your mind and you change it, your thoughts around what you think handling urges is like, it'll be so much of a more enjoyable experience. It won't feel white knuckly. It won't exhaust you. And you'll be able to do it anytime. I never have urges for alcohol anymore, but I use the same process for food or to yell at my children (laughs) or to like send a nasty email or something, you know, like I... There's urges for a lot of things. And when you develop this skill over time, you'll be able to interrupt your automatic, like fast, active, reactive behavior that you might do if you're quick to yell, you're quick to snap, you're quick to react. You know, I was very much like that. I was very feisty and fiery and like, you could not tell me anything before I just, you know, and now I'm just more chill. I wait if I'm feeling urgy or triggered. I know that nothing good comes from taking action from that place and I wait. And that is a super powerful skill to have. And it starts with doing these handling this urges exercise. Yes. Hi, Amy. Life is irritating. We're quick to react. Learning to slow down and process is huge. Meditation helps. Yes. So in the dry January hub. So if you guys signed up a few days ago, I sent you an email every day. There's a video on how to handle urges. So you'll have access to that all month. Okay. This replay is only available for 48 hours, but you have that handling urges video that's in the hub available to you all month. Okay, watch it over and over and over again if you need more help there. Who's here (laughs) that was in this picture? (laughs) So I just want you to imagine how you would feel if you can handle these urges. You, yay, Andy, Amy, Steph, me. I love you guys. You guys, this was in a sober retreat I led just last this last month in December in Cancun, and it was amazing. We love you too. So this is real. If anybody, if any of you all want to tell tell them how you were feeling there, that is something to map towards and to track towards because it does feel exactly what this feels like. I promise. <laughs> Sign up for a retreat now. Run, don't walk. Euphoric. Shelby, no, I'm not going to be able to send the urges email again, but it's right in the um, dry January. Steph, can you put the link to the dry January replay page in the chat so you can go in there and get it? 
And you'll get it after this class too. So it's right in there. I think it was day two. We had mocktails. It was fucking amazing. We had virgin pina coladas and they're just as good. I promise. <laughs> See, we so part of this retreat, and I'm going to talk to you guys about this in a minute, but we had two months of working together before we went on the retreat. So deep dive coaching, getting good at practicing and not drinking, you know, processing those urges. So by the time they got there, like they had worked through a lot of that stuff. Um and they were in a good place. So it was not about the alcohol at that point. It was about having fun and having connections and making memories and seeing the sunrise every day. So the motivation for the alcohol was very small. They are so yummy. Another tool, another number four. Okay. We're going to play it through. Playing it through is something that has saved me to get to meet almost six years of not drinking. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to imagine how you would feel in the morning. Okay, play it through. Write this down. I need to play it through. Imagine how you would feel in the morning. And I want you to really, it's like, okay, really slow down when you're in that moment with that urge. Okay, maybe you've taken a few breaths already, but really slow it down. Okay, and think about it and tell yourself the truth. How would you feel in the morning? Listen, if you guys have been heavy drinking, you don't even know how good you can feel. You don't. If you're drinking a couple of bottles, a bottle of wine every night, and you're like functioning, you don't know how good you can feel. Okay. So give yourself that opportunity. Remember that allowing discomfort is how you make progress towards your goals. Okay. Tell yourself that. Remember, I'm allowing this discomfort right now literally is me stopping over drinking right now. I'm changing my behaviors right now. That's when the work comes in. Okay. And then another really good question for you to do is ask yourself, what do I really need right now? 90% of you guys just need to chill out. You need to relax. You need to take a break. You need to drink a glass of water. Go close your eyes for five minutes. <laughs> Put your feet up the wall. Go get some fresh air outside. And you need to breathe and just kind of connect and give yourself a minute. I promise you what you really need isn't to numb and escape. It's something else. And this month, when you're not drinking so much, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to figure out what that is. So be curious about that. When you have the urges in the moment and you're playing it through and you're like, Angela told me I need to ask myself a question right now. What is it? Oh, what is it that I need right now? I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm stressed. You know, like it will come to you if you're quiet and you're listen. Okay. You ask yourself how you find what you need. Okay. You listen to those answers that come in. I prompt, like, once you start trying this tonight, ask yourself if you're thinking about drinking, take a couple breaths, process that urge. And then when you're kind of like calmed it down a little bit, what do I need? It might be, I need to take a nap. I need to eat. I need, I'm just thirsty. I need to rest. I mean, it's usually something like that. It's nothing crazy. Okay. So then you give yourself what you need. So you listen to whatever comes up for you and then you go do that. <laughs> and just remember, this is a temporary urge and it's going to pass and you're going to be rewiring your brain if you can allow this temporary discomfort. So this is the tool called play it through. You really want to slow down. Remember that it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Ask yourself what you need nurture yourself in that moment and give yourself what you actually need. And if it says a glass of wine, that's not the truth. 
Okay, what are you looking for in that glass of wine? They maybe ask yourself a follow-up question. I want to relax. I want to stop the chatter. I've had a long day. Some such, you know, all of that, those solutions are not found in a glass of wine. Okay, those solutions are found by giving yourself some space, giving yourself some quiet time, talking to a friend, going for a walk, drinking some water, eating some food. Promise you it's not there in the bottle of wine. It really depends on how long the rewiring takes based on everybody's own past histories, how long they've been drinking, the volume of which they drink, all of that. For me, it didn't take that long. I went like three different social situations and I, my desire was dramatically reduced. So when I first did this, again, I, I did dry January and then I did another two months after that. So I did 90 full days without drinking and I really had no desire at all after that. And then I moderated for a little bit. And then I really didn't care about it at all. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it made me feel. And I decided to stop. And so it didn't take that long if you're diligent about doing these tools and practicing. So you can, I mean, I unwired over 20 years of over drinking in three months. So, and I think other people here would agree with that. If you're consistent about doing the work, it doesn't have to take that long. But again, everybody's journey is different. So try not to put a timeline on it too much. Yeah, I don't recommend doing the non-alcoholic liquor unless you plan for it intentionally, just like you would with alcohol. We don't really want to replace that. I tried some rum um, substitute and it was like, whoa, this really tastes like rum. And I was like, I can see it It didn't do anything to me. It just tasted really good. And I wanted more, um, you know, some people that could be triggering. So I just would avoid it for now. If you've been heavily drinking, I would just avoid anything that tastes like alcohol you want to train yourself to like be interested in something else right now. I'm in my sixth month of the program successfully moderating. For the past six years, my husband and I have had one to two bottles of wine a night. I started to examine my drinking on many levels and one was a retirement budget. I literally had a line item for wine. I thought I would never be able to retire as I wouldn't be able to afford wine. This is, this is how wild our brain goes. Okay. Your brain will tell you wild ass crazy shit because it's addicted to alcohol and it's hard to recognize until you get away from it. Okay. So her brain was telling her she couldn't retire because she needed to spend money on her alcohol. Okay. She was tired, overweight, out of shape and stressed like the rest of the world. I joined the program the week of Thanksgiving, made a drink plan for that day and have had all the holidays since without alcohol, Christmas, New Year's birthdays. Each week, my desire to drink is overshadowed by my desire to not drink. I'm not overthinking it. The chatter is quieter and the desire lives in the background. I'm where I want to be with my relationship with alcohol, which is occasionally having it. Alcohol-free weekends are my new favorite things. Even when I drink moderately, it was always on the weekends as my treat. When I removed the treat language to wind my weekends, opened up. When I have an overdrink, I evaluate it and move on. My monkey mind is no longer in control. My true self is. So this is just a really good sort of demonstration of doing the work and your desire, your desire um, going down, sort of her mindset when she was first starting about what she thought about things and where it is now and like what that can look like. It's it's huge demonstration of what is possible. Okay. So that brings me to fixing your mindset. <laughs> Okay. Tool number five. So you want to understand what you're thinking when it comes to alcohol. It's very important to get conscious about what you think about drinking. So you want to look at the story that you're telling yourself. Is it alcohol is fun or not drinking is boring? I, I saw at the beginning of the um, 
so at the webinar, somebody said, who wouldn't enjoy going to a winery? That's a thought, okay? And when you think that thought, how do you feel? You probably get excited or you're like your mouth might, oh yeah, that sounds good. Like that sounds motivating, right? Like you're, you're anticipating something, right? And then when you feel that way, what happens? You drink. So your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings drive your actions. This is just human behavior, okay? How you feel motivates you or demotivates you, okay? And so if you're overly excited about alcohol, we want to start changing your mindset on that. And we want to really de-glamorize it, really get it to just more neutral and just say it for what it is and said, I just love alcohol so much. I just love it. I love drinking with it. It makes me feel good. All the ways that you think about it, we need to look at that and really like remove a lot of that flowery, um, glamorous language that we tell ourselves, because that's just going to keep your desire high. And remember, we want to get your desire low so you don't, it's not so motivating for you. Yeah, I live in vacation. You just stop saying that. That's not helpful for you, right? If your goal is to reduce how much you're drinking, these thoughts aren't going to help you get there. And changing the way you think is re also reprogramming your mind. You need to think differently about it to have a different outcome. I was somebody who used to think that alcohol, that people that didn't drink alcohol were boring. And my result in my life because of that thought meant I drank a lot and I had limited friendships. I have a lot of sober friends now and they're some of my best people. You know, my, my world has opened up so much because I let go of that limiting belief. I believe that and I drink a lot. Now that I don't believe that, I have so much more fun. I have so much more adventures. I have so much more friendships. I have a business. I have so much more in my life that is way beyond that buzz. How do you apply these tools effectively when all your friends and coworkers drink almost excessively? Do you still hang out with friends that drink? I do occasionally. I just, my lifestyle looks different. So in the beginning, like during dry January and stuff, when I was doing, I would still go out with them and I would like order coffee or something, you know, and I, I would tell them I'm not drinking and I would order a mocktail or a coffee. I really love coffee. And so like a decaf Americano at a nice bar or something like that would be lovely for me. And then I would leave early. So that's something that you want to look at too. It's like in social situations, you just may want to come in for a limited amount of time on the early side, because once everybody starts drinking and like their words start to slur and all that, it's not, it isn't fun to be around that when you're not drinking. So, you know, you got to set yourself up for success there and have an exit plan, have your own ride home. That's what I recommend. Um, and then just let it evolve over time. You don't need to have it all figured out right now. Seriously, that's just... I, what your mind is wanting to do is like look ahead to all the possible outcomes and scenarios. Just know that it will evolve and change just like all relationships do. And I, you know, I didn't lose any friends. It just looks different. I, I go out for walks in the morning with them. I meet up for coffee. I do more daytime things with them um, versus nighttime things. I used to be somebody who liked to stay up late at night and party and stuff. And I hated mornings, hated them, hated them. My, we had blackout curtains in our rooms. My husband made any noise or turned on any light in the morning. It was like, <laughs> I feel so bad for him now. Um, and now I'm a morning person. I, I'm usually the first per person up. I drink my coffee, have my alone time. I do my journaling. I love my mornings. I cherish my mornings, you know, so it'll change and evolve. I wouldn't worry about this long, long, like just take each social situation as they come. 
and navigate each one. If you don't feel like you should go to one, don't go. If you feel like you want to go to one, just go for an hour and come home. Really, one of the best tools I told you about in the pre-January emails and things is just take each day as it comes. There's, there's an obstacle in front of you today that you'll need to manage. And the rest of it, you'll figure it out as you go. I, I recommend telling your friends. You know, I, I came out to the world when I was doing this. Most of my friends are very supportive. And if they're not, something to question. So we want to write down. I want everybody to write now, write in the chat, just so you can get a little bit of awareness. What do you think your thoughts are about alcohol? What do you think? What's the first thought when I when, that comes up for you when I say, what do you think about alcohol? And just be honest and write that in the chat. It's fancy. Drinking is fun. Fun. I'll never be able to stop. Love it. It's exhausting. Fun. I like. It's a reward. Escape. I love the taste. It's calming. Yeah. So I want you guys to take a moment and write down what you wrote in the chat on your piece of paper. And then you can ask yourself, how does that thought make me feel? And when I feel that way, what do I do? I'm guessing if you if those thoughts are going to lead to you drinking more. So we want to fix it, right? And so I've got some examples here, some old thoughts. Not drinking is boring. I don't want to be uncomfortable. They'll have my favorite wine. This will be hard. I just love wine. That was one of my, I just love wine. I'm really into wine. And so we want to change those thoughts to a new way of thinking. So I can have fun and not drink. I can get creative. I'm choosing to be uncomfortable. My my favorite wine will always be available. There's not going to be any shortage on your drinks. Okay. I'm looking forward to remembering my night and I can do hard things. So maybe screenshot this and come back after the class is over and recognize that one repetitive thought that you have around alcohol and fix it to feel like a different thought that's going to lead to a better outcome for you. Okay. You want to try it on. Does this thought make me feel good? Does this thought want, make me feel like I want to drink more wine? <laughs> yes. I had the worst acid reflux. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. And I don't have it at all anymore. Ever. It's so wonderful to not wake up with that burning, pukey sensation in the middle of the night, sweaty. Ugh. Today was tough. I just opened a bottle of wine to pour an unplanned glass because I thought it doesn't matter. I deserve this. And then I stopped myself, paused, and thought, nope, I deserve to honor my commitments. I recorked, poured water, and walked away. I don't think I've ever uncorked a bottle of wine and not poured a and consumed a glass. Excited about this. So this is what happens when you get aware of your current thinking and you decide to think something differently, this is how you can stop yourself in the moment by that tool. Okay. The other part of fixing your mindset is remembering this is not a success only journey. Take the pressure off of everybody right now. If you decided to join January and you have a slip up, it doesn't mean that you weren't successful. It just means that you had a drink. Okay. Some of you might not go the full month. That's just the reality of it, okay? Some of you might not stick to your plan, and that's okay. I don't want you to use this against yourself and be like, well, Angela said it was okay if I didn't. No, but I'm just being honest with you. When you're trying to cut back on an al on alcohol, which is an addictive substance, you're going to have some, some, you know, missteps. You're unwiring years of behavior, okay? So you've got to stop beating yourself up when you overdrink. You've been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Louise Hay is one of my favorite quotes. Okay, you, you do all recognize that the shaming yourself doesn't work, right? 
Let me know in the chat. How does it feel when you shame yourself and you're and you beat yourself up when you have an overdrink? Shame cycle sucks, right? Doesn't work. So bad, depressed, defeating. And then what do you do when you feel that way? You drink. Yeah. Wallow, shut down, don't do anything. Nothing great, right? It's just not like, oh, let me go figure this out. It's like, maybe go eat a bunch of shitty food. <laughs> it does not work. So when you wreck, so just so you know, when you have an overdrink, your brain will probably do that anyway. We can't really control the thoughts that come in, but knowing that that's a normal thing that happens, like you're going to want to be hard on yourself after an overdrink, especially if you've made a commitment to not, your brain's going to want to come in and be hard on you about it. And you can interrupt that and be like, you know what, instead of beating myself up, I'm going to be curious what happened. It's easy to hate yourself. It is. That's our default. It's hard to find the love and compassion for yourself and your failures. And I want you to do it anyway. You guys should screenshot this or take a picture of it. Okay. It actually takes work for you to stop this shame cycle and be like, I'm not going to do that to myself right now. Instead, I'm going to figure out what happened and then go do some work on it. You know, that takes effort and energy. It's easy to just go right back into that same old cycle and not do anything about it, right? But we are choosing a path of some concentrated effort, <laughs> okay? And it's going to take a little bit more work, but it's worth it. Dry January tool number six, this might be the most important tool. So you want to evaluate your day, okay? So if you're in a live AF, you're going to use those planning worksheets that you have access to, the drink plan worksheet. And then on the on the flip side of that, it's the evaluation, right? So if you're in that, you're going to commit to using that worksheet every single day and evaluate what happened. Even if you're successful, because you're in that evaluation, you're going to write down what you did to succeed. And that so that becomes more reinforced when you write things down. It reinforces your goals. It reinforces your habits. And your brain is then reading it on top of writing it. And it will, it'll help you remember the things that you did to help yourself be successful. It's very, very important. If you're not in a live AF, you want to journal every day. What worked well? What didn't go well? And what will I do differently tomorrow? Okay. Especially if you didn't stick to your plan. Because when you take the time to do that, you're highlighting, you're not just beating yourself up, right? You're like, okay, well, I didn't stick to my plan, but what did I do well? Well, I attended dry January. I listened to some podcasts. I drank some water. You know, you want to fill that up pretty big with all the things that you did to support yourself to not drink that day. And then what didn't go well? Well, something happened at work and I got stressed out or my husband brought home my favorite wine or something irritated me, right? You want to highlight the situation that triggered you to drink and how maybe you didn't use your tools or something like that from curiosity, not shame. And then having that information on paper, then you're like, okay, well, knowing this now, what would I, what can I do differently today or tomorrow? Knowing what I know now, how can I make a little tweak to make sure that I support myself and stick to my plan? And that takes about a 15 minute journaling session. And if you do that every single day, you will make changes. Okay. I can't stress this enough. You have to be willing to put pen to paper. You have to be willing to to look at it and learn from your from your stuff because if you don't, it's just you're kind of shooting blind, you know? So don't be scared to do this. Commit to it. Put it on your calendar. You know, daily reminder. 
daily appointment with yourself. You deserve to pay attention to yourself and figure this out. Um, but it's going to take some effort to do that. And it's 15 minutes a day. It's not anything that's like, you know, you're scrolling on your phone for 15 minutes. Everybody's got 15 minutes. And if you don't, then you got bigger problems to solve. Okay. <laughs> you might have to get up earlier in the morning. You might have to depart from family activities for 15 minutes at night, but you need to figure out when you're going to do this every day. Okay. Yes, Holly, it really does help. I look back and can't believe how much less drinking I've done. I'm not perfect, but I see a difference. I love that. Thank you for hanging on for everybody that's still here. All 279 of you still here. I love it. All right. We're almost to the end now. Okay. You're so welcome. So we got six, we got six tools. You'll have this in the replay. It's available for 48 hours. I'm going to share with you a little bit more about how you can work with me. So if you're interested in that, you're welcome to stay on. Um, let me see what's after this. Um, just a little before and after picture. I've always loved rainbows. <laughs> that comes through. This before picture was me day drinking at a wedding in Seattle. Um, my best friend's wedding. I was so hungover from the night before. And now that's just completely removed. I don't need to wear sunglasses when it's cloudy outside in Seattle. Um, I'm very vibrant. I go on big adventures. I put myself out there more. I have deeper, more meaningful friendships. And it's just... It's I'm still the same person. It's just a lot more vibrancy, um, a lot more happiness, a lot more peace. You're welcome. You had that dress. Which one? The one on the left? <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So what I teach is I teach you how to identify which repetitive thoughts are creating results in your life that you no longer want. Okay. So that's part of where the life coaching comes in. I coach you how to change your thoughts to get better results in your life. And I coach you how to think about all the areas in your life in a way that feels good. So you don't want to escape from your life anymore. And I coach you how to process and feel your feelings instead of being at the automatic effects to them. And when you work on the combination of the internal work, right, it's not so much about changing all the external things and making everybody else around you, you know, perform to what you need them to do and society to change and work to be less stressful, all of that. It's more about an internal work that you do with your thoughts and feelings. And when you change the way you think and you learn how to feel, that's when you make permanent changes with your relationship with alcohol. Okay. And I coach you through that to help you get that desired outcome, whatever that is, whatever you want your relationship with alcohol to be. I am not here to tell you how to like, I think you should quit or I think you should moderate. It's about finding what works best for you. And you know what's best for yourself. Once you can get away from the alcohol for a little bit and get that drinking down, you will start to know yourself more and what's good for you and what isn't. That was us in Cancun. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about my 2024 sober retreat and coaching packages. So I love being outdoors. I love adventure. I love hiking. I love sunrises, um, kayaking. I'm also a certified forest therapist. So I, I do forest nature healing workshops and work with my clients. It's really, really awesome. Um, anytime you can get outside and learn how to connect with nature, learn how to connect with yourself, you feel more alive and you want to numb out you and, and you invigorate your senses and you're more aware and it's just a beautiful thing. So I incorporate nature into all of my retreats. Okay. So all of the retreats include a three month group coaching container, three group calls with the people in the retreat. So there's three retreats I have lined up for this year. Each retreat has seven attendees and that's it. 
So you get three group calls with the people who have signed up for the retreat and then three private calls with me. And we do two months of work before you go on the retreat, like I was telling you earlier. And then in the third month is when you come and we retreat together for five days. You also get a live AF, the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living membership access. That's my online virtual uh, monthly membership that has all the tools and worksheets and videos and workshops and everything in there that's all virtual. You get access to that. And then you get a five-day in-person retreat. It's all-inclusive. All of your food, all of our activities are included in the retreat. All the retreats also include ample downtime for your own relaxation. I don't pack it so much that you leave needing a break. Um, it's usually about a half a day of out doing something with a group and a half a day on your own at the retreat house or the resort. We have fun outdoor adventure opportunities ranging from kayaking to hiking to forest bathing. All food and non-alcoholic drinks are included from the time you arrive until the time you leave. And I take very good care of you, making sure that you're well-stocked and well-nourished. A lovely custom welcome gift for each attendee. And you get private coaching sessions with me on site in every retreat and more delights and surprises to be revealed. I, I keep a little bit of surprise in things, but we're doing, um, I give you as much information as you need to know, and it makes it super fun and special. And this is, I just asked for some feedback on the retreat that I just had last month in Mexico. And this is what they wrote. The Mexico retreat was an incredible capstone to the work I had been doing with Angela to drastically reduce the role alcohol played in my life. I was very anxious going into it as I never experienced traveling and vacationing alcohol-free. But Angela provided incredible support beforehand and created an amazing experience during the trip. I had a wonderful time and made deep connections with all the other women on the retreat. This experience has broadened what I know is possible for me. And, you know, I know who wrote this and everything. So, you know, witnessing that for her was huge for me and super motivating for me to want to put more retreats just like this together for other people this year. It's amazing. So these are the dates. You might want to screenshot this. We will, um, hey, Coach Steph, could you put in the link for the all of the retreats in the chat? You guys could pop that open, but then come back to me. And so when I close down this class, you won't, you know, the link will go away. So so this is what the first one, the first one is in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. That's where I live. Um, so all of my favorite things, all of my resources, my woods, you know, all the things, magical things that I love to do here, we're doing together. The coaching starts in February and the retreat is in April 15th through the 19th here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The second one is in Seattle and the, the three month containers May through July and the retreat dates are July 29th through August 2nd in the Seattle area. Well, and that one is going to be a little bit more strenuous. That one we are doing an eight mile up a mountain hike. It's, I used to live in Seattle, so I'm very familiar with the area and all the hiking and amazing outdoor opportunities there. So I'm taking you on my favorite hike there. And so if you want to do that one, you definitely want to start training or, you know, be physically fit enough to hike up a mountain. <laughs> it's a round trip, eight miles. Um, I do offer coaching without the retreat package, and I'll I'll get to that in a second. Um, and then the third retreat I have is the Cancun all-inclusive adults-only resort. Um, the retreat dates are that are December 2nd through the 6th of 2024. And the coaching for that starts October. So all of these, you get two months of support privately with me and with the group. You get Marco Polo access to me, which is amazing. It's like having me in your pocket where you can video or voice message me whenever you need support. I coach you back. Um, you get a live AF, the stop over drinking access for the whole time you're in the three month container, you get the retreat and all the things. 
And then this is something else that they wrote. Working with Angela is life-changing and the retreat and coaching package is something I would recommend to anyone. My results went far past kicking alcohol to the curb, which I was finally able to do after years of trying to moderate. The retreat experience allowed me to build connections with other like-minded women, received individualized custom support from Angela, and overcome deep fears I had held on to many years. Beyond that, Angela helped open my mind to life's possibilities and made me see that I can design my future. I am forever grateful for this opportunity and my life will never be the same. Angela's coaching helped me find my power and everyone in my orbit can see and feel the benefits. Yeah. So it's like, if you're open to thinking about it, if you're brand new, you know, you might be like, yeah, it seems like a lot, but you could consider joining the live AF membership or doing something else. Um, But it's just amazing to witness these transformations. And I know what's possible for everybody. And I believe in all of you. And I've coached hundreds of women, if not thousands, through this to have successful results with their relationship with alcohol. So if you want to give it a go, this is a really awesome opportunity. It really is. So there's the details and the cost. It's $1,000 to hold your spot. For North Carolina, we only have two private rooms left and one shared. So there's only four total spots left. And I'd love to fill that one first. Seattle. Um, so the total for North Carolina would be 58 to 6,200, depending on if you get a private or a shared room, Seattle coaching and retreat it's 68 for a shared or 72 for, and there's only one private room left Cancun at 73, 75. All of those rooms are private oceanfront King suites and they're amazing. Um, and then here are the dates again. And again, that link that Steph, um, yay, you signed up for NC. I'm excited and already so committed to doing the work and pre-coaching. Yay. Meg, how many re- people are on each retreat? It's eight total. So me plus seven others. It's the perfect size. It's absolutely the perfect size that everybody receives awesome individualized attention. Everybody gets bonding experiences. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a great intimate deep dive coaching experience. It really is. You're welcome. So that's that's the cost for that. It's a thousand dollars to hold your deposit. Uh, remember, it's a three month container with the coaching, and then you we all come together at the retreat in the end. And I saved one of my best little notes for last. When I originally heard about Angela's sober retreat, I thought, no way could I ever do that. I mean, all inclusive in Cancun and no drinks. Well, things were progressing for me in the wrong direction. I felt I needed to do something drastic to make a change. So I signed up for a retreat and coaching package. It changed everything. Having Angela in my back pocket catapulted my progress. I started a live AF over and I got coaching through Marco Polo whenever I needed her. With a live AF and private coaching, I really saw things change. The retreat was a bonus. OMG. I had no idea how much I would love this experience. Our group calls were great as we got to know the other members who would be with us. We got support all along the way, along the journey. The women were so welcoming. We shared our lives with each other. Not to mention the resort was top notch and we didn't have to worry about a thing. At first, I felt I was worried about not knowing what we'd be doing on a day-to-day basis. We had a general, general itinerary, but there were surprises along the way. I was quickly set at ease once I sat down to our first dinner with our group. We had amazing spa day, private coaching, zip lining, jumped in cenotes, amazing food, spectacular sunrises and bonding that was life-changing. I'll never forget this experience. I cannot recommend Angela, Steph, and their private coaching retreats enough. It will change your life. Changed my life so much that I want to do so much more of this. It was exactly how I want to work with people going forward. 
Um, my live AF membership is amazing. It's a low cost opportunity. If this is something that you're just like, I can't do this right now to get this, get support and get coaching through me. But this really lights me up because I can, I can walk women through this in like very intimately and get them there and show them in person what living in a live AF sober, like life is like on vacation. And it was really, really amazing. So I'm really excited about this year and these opportunities. So if you're interested at all, I mean, I just launched these a couple of weeks ago and I'm almost a third of the way sold out for the whole year. So they won't last <laughs> and I'm going to be promoting them pretty heavily. So if you're interested at all, um, get your deposit in and we can talk about it. You can send me an email. Um, happy to chat about it too. So here's that link again. Um, oh, Steph, I love you, Andy. If you could pop that link in again, um, angelamasenic.com forward slash 2024 retreats and coaching. And then for the bonus, I mentioned at the beginning, if you want to do that and you want to sign up within the next 24 hours and if you get your deposit in, I'm throwing in another private bonus coaching call with me in our in our three-month time period. So if you want to sign up and come to North Carolina, instead of three private calls, you would get four. Same thing for Seattle, same thing for Cancun. So that's only available for the next 24 hours though. And once that's gone, it's gone. I just want to encourage you if you're like, yes, I really want to do that to take action today and get yourself signed up. Thank you for coming, y'all. So besides the retreats, I mentioned the Alive AF coaching membership. We also have the Alive AF subscription, but not subscription box, but support kit. So those things are available separately if you want. If you don't want to do the retreat and you just want to start small and get your feet wet with me, if you're brand new, um, totally understandable. Yay. <laughs> oh my gosh, Brooke, I spend more time with the Alive AF and Angela and Steph than I do any other internet site, LOL. <laughs> I love you all. We love you too, Brooke. We love all your jokes. <laughs> Okay, so these are the support kits. If you haven't checked them out already, there's three different options and they range in prices. Um, this one on the bottom left is the fall sort of winter support kit. This is the most recent one. There's a beautiful scarf. There's a handmade teacup, uh, non-alcoholic drink, some incense, um, a bath bomb, a really good um, quit lip book called Drinking Games, a journal, and some other little things. And there's some teas. The one on the bottom right is sort of like the active box I'm calling it now. There's a hat, there's a custom uh, drink cup, teas, non-alcoholic drink, a custom lotion that I have with my favorite scents, a book and a journal and some other fun things too. And then the original box has the step, how to, how to stop feeling like shit, another non-alcoholic drink, all these books and resources and everything are literally things that I use every day. My favorite teas, my favorite drinks, my favorite candle, my favorite lotion, all that kind of stuff is in there. Um, I get asked so much, like, what do you drink? What do you read? Da, da, da. So this is where this idea came from. So you can get a one-time box now and upon checkout. Steph, can you put in the link to the, the box in the chat as well? So they have that one separately. And we're, you know, this will be all sent out and they're recording all the links for everything as well. So if you want to get one of these kits, they're like, I have a limited quantity now. We're down to very low numbers on each of them. So I recommend if you want this for dry January, go ahead and grab one. And then finally, the Alive AF coaching membership. Very quickly, there's two live calls held over Zoom every month. One's a coaching call. One is a workshop. 
Um, we have a private closed Facebook community where we do contests. We're doing one right now called the Healthy Habits Challenge. And I'm also supporting Dry January in there through prompts and different things. Um, everything's recorded. It's uploaded into a hub where you have access to it anytime, any day. This is where you get direct support, written coaching by me or coach staff. Um, it's a very nice community where everybody's in there working on the same thing. No judgment. doesn't matter what their goals are with alcohol. You get to decide that. And I help you in the course that is included on how to figure that out and set yourself up for your first 30 day goal. Ooh, if you got the box in December, which one should I suck for January? Mm, which, which box did you get, Chris? Did you get, um, what, what came inside your, in your box? Do you remember? And then I'll tell you. <laughs> and this is just kind of what the hub looks like. This is, you know, once you log in and access everything, all the resources are in one spot, the videos, the worksheets, everything is there for you for you, instead of like kind of piecemealing things together. If you're just listening to the podcast, all of your hub, the dry January workshops are going to be loaded in there um, for you to have more access to longer than the 48 hours. So it's a really nice little hub of resources for available to you. You can do it on your phone or on your computer. Oh, you got the stop feeling like shit book. I would do the one, um, the one with the Alive AF cup. So it's the fall box. When you go select your options, it's got the teacup. There's a scarf. It's more of like a cozy, like winter, lovely box. That's what I would do. You love your cup. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. So these are all the links. I think Coach Steph just put everything in there. Um, Again, you've got your Alive AF membership. It's um, $197 to join the membership, and then you're billed $97 a month. So definitely affordable and doable. I recommend you commit to at least three months in there or until you've really solved your overdrinking. I don't want you to come in like, I'm going to try this for a month. It's going to take longer than a month. You know, most of the most of the people that I work with that have these kind of results I'm talking about, it's a three-month minimum. So just remember how long it's taken you to get here. It's going to give yourself some time, give yourself some support and some wiggle room to like, you know, you deserve to solve this thing. And it's going to take longer than you probably thought it should. So three months minimum is what I would recommend if you just do the membership. Um, the support kit, you can just order that whenever you want, as long as there's ones available. I do have opportunities to work with me privately without the retreats. And that is that link there. You have to fill out an application to do that. And then we can talk on the phone and make sure it's a good fit. Oh, best money ever spent. I was worried about it now. It's just a must expense for me. I'm giving myself six to 12 months as a gift to myself. Yay, Brooke. So glad you joined the call. This was great. Thank you. I'm committed to giving it my all. Yay. I'm so glad, Monica. And then those that's the retreat and coaching link. All of these links we're going to put in the recording email it out to you too. So you'll have it in your inbox soon, as long as there's no technical errors. Well, Alive AF is worth every penny and all the effort you put into it will help you move towards your goals. Thank you. And come back over here. I want to stay on for questions. What questions can I answer for y'all? Thank you for hanging on with me so far. Hi. My husband still drinks. That was a question that came through. I just saw. So, but he's really significantly cut back. You know, it took him like five or six months. I think he had to really see that this was not something that was just going to be another diet. And then it just kind of, you know, my, I'm sure I influenced him. I just let him decide to do what he was going to do though. I did not try to pressure him or make him do it with me. I had tried all of that with him in the past, like any other diet that I would try to do or anything like that. And it just, 
didn't work because you can't control people, unfortunately. So this time I decided to just focus on myself and then he naturally came on board. And that's what a lot of my clients have found with their husbands as well. And they just focus on themselves. Don't make anybody else do anything that they don't want to do. And it will come together. I don't feel as I've lost a connection. If not, my connection is even stronger with my husband. We're so much more vulnerable with each other. We share our goals and dreams together. We fight so much less. I mean, where our communication is so much more improved. So when you're drinking a lot, both both people drinking a lot, it's not a, a real connection. I promise you. Um, you might think it is, but once you take alcohol out of the way, it'll it'll you'll see what what is left, <laughs> and it'll give you an opportunity to work on some things. You can sign up for a live AF right now. So a live AF right now is open. So I, yes, absolutely. So go ahead and sign up. It's angelamasenic.com forward slash a live AF. We're doing some really fun things in there. Um, if you want to join the retreat, it's included. So if you're really thinking about joining the retreat, just know that it's included in your retreat package. But if you are like, no, I just want to do an live AF. Yeah, come on in. We're doing a healthy habits challenge right now in the group. Every day we're posting one little thing to do to help change your habits and we're doing prizes and you're getting coaching and all the people in the group are so supportive and fun. Um, so definitely come if you want to come to a live AF. I only experienced, I did you experience any symptoms after stopping drinking? Only more fun, <laughs> only better sleep, only more aliveness. Like it was seriously the best decision of my life. It was the best decision of my life. So I had my sleep had to adjust a little bit. I remember when I was first sleeping, um, I would still wake up in the middle of the night at like three or four and kind of like a, that panic, like, oh my God, what time is it? How much more do I have? Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? So I, it took a while for my brain and my body to kind of connect and trust that I hadn't drank before I went to bed. But other than that, you know, it was amazing. I felt great right away. Stephanie, why don't you send me an email about your um membership okay you know what um your night sweats it could be i you know i sweat a lot when i was drinking i would wake up with the night sweats the heart palpitations the dry mouth all of that stuff and i mean sometimes i sweat a little bit at night but it's nothing like that nothing so yeah menopause and perimenopause can throw us all out of whack yeah. So just hang in there. If your guys' sleep is bad right now, just be patient. Your body is adjusting. You know, you're relearning how to, to sleep without a drug. So that's why it's so important to take care of yourself during the day. Move your body. Exercise really does help for mental stuff and physical stuff to like make sure you're tired at the end of the day. Drink enough water. Nourish your body. Try to limit technology right before you bed. Like really think about nourishing yourself. And be patient. You know, it's not an overnight fix. Yay, I'm so glad you feel like you're in more control, Meg. Yeah, I mean, seriously, Coral just made a really good point. She said, I've been hard to me. It's been hard for me to sleep, but I still wake up feeling better than having a drink. Crazy. Yeah, it's just like you're just tired, not tired and hungover, right? I'll take just tired any day. I don't have any thoughts on THC or microdosing. I would recommend that you don't do that. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Um, you want to not take on another habit, honestly. You know, like we really need to learn how to be uncomfortable. If you have high levels of anxiety right now, it's probably because you're drinking too much. Most of my clients that significantly reduce or quit, 
their anxiety is minimal. So give that a chance first. Give yourself a month. You know, if you're doing the full month of dry January and see, notice your anxiety now versus at the end of the month and kind of track things. When you learn how to manage your mind and change your thoughts about things, your anxiety can go down to, I highly recommend coaching for that stuff. You know, there's, there's alternatives to drugs to do this. And I want, I like to think and have the mindset of, I want to give myself an opportunity to fix it holistically through how I, some of the methods that I teach before I go in and start adding in tinkering around with drugs and other things. I, if I was committed, Megan, if I was committed to doing dry January and I had like a wine tasting or something to go to, it's hard for me to say, cause I probably would never go to a wine tasting again, unless they had, I knew it was like a non-alcoholic tasting, which can be fun. Um, and it's not because I don't feel like I feel threatened by it or like I would drink. It's just, I don't enjoy that stuff anymore. There's so many more interesting things to do. I'd rather go on a hike. You know, I'd rather go to a coffee bar or something like that. So I'd ask yourself if you really want to go, first of all. And if you do, I would look ahead to the winery and see if they have call ahead and be like, do you have anything for people doing dry January or or sober drivers? You know, a lot of people have um, they have things for designated drivers there that they have. Um, I would bring if you if you don't want to drink, I would bring like a cooler and have mocktails or something like that. So you can feel still feel like you're participating. And I would also have a quick exit strategy, have your own transportation home, because I don't know how long that event is, but as you're new to this, and even if you do have planned drinks, um, you're probably not going to want to stay all day. You know, it's probably going to be harder the longer that you're there. So just, I would plan on having a shortened amount of time. (laughs) Listen, Ginger, what things can you do in cold weather months and states? It's too cold for hiking or biking. I know that you think that, but I recommend just getting the right gear and getting up out, outside and going. Even if it's for like a 15 or 20 minute walk, fresh air outside, moving your body is free and accessible to anybody. And I hike, I, I'm outside every single day. Like I was watching myself through COVID and I live in North Carolina, which is not a cold weather state, but it freezes here almost every night. So it's like, it was 32 degrees this morning. I got up and met my friend at 6 a.m. in the dark and we went for a walk. There's hats and gloves and scarves and layers. Once you start moving, you're not cold. It's very invigorating and it will give you a natural dopamine kick, which is what we want. And you'll feel good about yourself when you do it so that you won't need to fill yourself with some empty pleasure by drinking at the end of the day. So if you're totally against it and you're like, hell no, then I would just do like a Peloton app or, um, you know, you don't have to have a Peloton to do the workout exercises. That's I have that. They have yoga. I would do an indoor yoga class. Um, I've been doing that. My husband and I are doing yoga together now, two classes a a week. That's something that we have connected with. so if it's got to be indoors, I'd probably recommend yoga or a cycling class, a spin class. Um, there's so many options. So Kathy, there's so many things to do in North Carolina. Yeah, you're very welcome. You're asking about evenings. I don't know. You know, I don't do a lot of exercise at night. I do my stuff in the morning. So my evening routine is very much like I work all day. And then I usually get some food ready for the family and then I eat pretty early and then clean up. And then I go, um, I do more like ritual stuff. So like I wash my face, I put on my skincare products. I might take a bath. I put on my nice pajamas. I brew my tea. And then I usually go upstairs and I read or I watch TV. 
And then I go to bed at like 8.30 or 9. So that's what I do in the evening. Those are like my relaxing rituals. By that time, I am not motivated to go exercise. Unless it's yoga. That's something that we're doing now. And that's twice a week with my husband. One is on a Tuesday night and one is on a Sunday morning. So um, that's pretty easy for me to do. You can almost wear your pajamas. It's yin yoga, which is a lot of stretching and slow, um, slow hold movements. And that's super relaxing for me. But if the evening is your only time to, to exercise, then I would just do something that you can easily do. So it's probably staying inside and doing a video or something like that. My kids are 14, 12, and 10. <laughs> yeah. Okay, friends. Well, if you're in a live AF, happy to continue this conversation there and support you every single day for dry January. If you're not in a live AF, you should join AngelaMasenic.com forward slash a live AF right now. As soon as you join, you have access to it and you can pop in there and get going with us or um, get your deposits down for the sober and coaching retreats and come to North Carolina and do this stuff with me in person. It's a game changer. And don't forget about our follow-up class. On January 29th at one at 11 a.m., January 29th at 11 a.m., beyond dry January. And I'm going to give you the tools on what to do coming out of this month and what helping you make decisions about what it looks like going forward. Okay, so don't miss that one either. All right, my friends, thank you very much for coming. Thank you for everybody that stayed on to the very end. I love you all. It's been so much fun hanging out with you today, and I can't wait to see who joins me. Okay, bye for now. All right, if you made it this far, thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that class. If you want to join me on one of my coaching retreats, the link for that is in the show notes. If you want to join Alive AF, where we are supporting you all month for dry January and for our Healthy Habits Challenge and ongoing support and access, the link to join Alive AF is also in the show notes. The link to apply to just privately coach with me one-on-one -on -one is also in the show notes. And if you haven't ordered a, a stopover drinking support kit, the link for that is in the show notes as well. Have a beautiful day, my friends. Thank you. I want you to check out AngelaMasenic.com forward slash Alive AF. You know what it's like to have a desire to cut back on your drinking, right? You start to read books, listen to podcasts, try things, but you might not be able to yet put all the pieces and suggestions together in a way that actually makes sense and works for you. You might struggle with beating yourself up after an overdrink. You might get frustrated with yourself when you take two steps forward and then another two steps back and get overwhelmed with what's right and wrong about your relationship with alcohol. Your friends tell you that you should be able to have just one drink and it isn't a big deal. You might be white knuckling through urges and resisting instead of peacefully processing them. And you might struggle with your identity as someone who has enjoyed having a lot of wine or alcohol in your life. It's around you all the time. It's what you do and who you are. Well, after five years of successfully coaching hundreds of women through these struggles, I have created the Alive AF membership where women like you can learn the basics on what it takes to cut back and reach your goals with alcohol, whether it is to just drink less or totally quit. And when you join, you will get the exact framework I used to change my own relationship with alcohol and still use today that has led me to be alcohol free for over five years. 
you're going to get access to my resources, videos, and worksheets that have been proven to change and reduce how much you drink. Every day you can ask questions, share your obstacles, and get coaching and direct support on the challenges you will face with love and no judgment. Also, you will get immediate access to workshops like uncovering your alcohol identity and changing it, how to say no to things that don't support your new identity or life or goals, aka boundaries, <laughs> a workshop called creating emotional agency, and Another one, how to manage your mind to succeed at your goals and more. Every month we have a brand new workshop. These workshops are filled with step-by-step -step prompts and instruction to help you create the exact relationship with alcohol that is best for you. My mission and vision for Alive AF is to be a hub of support and resources for women to come and learn how to do what is best for them and becoming more alive in the process. When you join, you're going to learn how to take care of yourself better, how to feel good and become more alive and go after the life that you really want. I want this membership to be affordable and an easy solution where you can get all the help you need in one simple place whenever you need it. So no need to go read another book, find a new podcast, attend a free webinar, or go down the path of piecemealing it all together. Join Alive AF and have it all there in one place for you anytime you need it. So go to angelamasenic.com forward slash alive AF and enrollment is open right now. See you inside.